Hey everyone, and welcome to the Tourism Tiger podcast. As tour and activity web design experts, we've got a lot of travel industry tips and information to share with you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, it's Stephanie, and I am here with Andrew today. Hello, Andrew. Hello. And Andrew is here, well, maybe he can explain it a little bit better. Right. Yeah, so I'm the head of Tiger Care here at Tourism Tiger, and, and what we do is we basically do the website maintenance, post-launch, post-building, uh, and today we're going to be talking about things that every website needs um, yes. to function really well. Yeah, so we have uh, this blog post that I wrote with um, some ideas of mine and some other people here in the office, and then Andrew is going to step in and either refute what I say or back it up with some, some extra evidence and uh, support. So let's do this. Can you imagine a company that doesn't have a website? They are so important nowadays, especially in the tourism industry. People want to plan their vacations before they go, and they can't do that if your site isn't user-friendly, or worse, if it doesn't exist. At Tourism Tiger, we're committed to building and maintaining websites that sell tours. We like to think that we know what's going on in the industry, and our clients' results would agree with that sentiment. That's true, right? Like, you, you talk to some of our current clients and people who we have built for. Like, what are they saying about it? Right. Yeah. Uh, I talk to all the current. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. But most, yeah, like most of our clients, um, a lot of them give us feedback when we do like review calls and they're like, oh yeah, I really like the site. Uh, and a lot of them, like even their customers are talking to them and saying like, hey, your site's really awesome. Yeah. Um, I like how it looks. I like how it feels. Uh, it was very easy for me to, to get through the process. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so without further ado, here are some features that you should consider adding to your tourism website. Adding any one of these is sure to improve your site and get you some extra bookings. So don't feel like, oh, I don't have the time or energy or money to do all five. Just choose one and start from there. It's guaranteed to help. So number one, intuitive navigation. This is the most important thing you can do for your website. Yes, you want it to look nice, but you need it to be logical. So visitors will see your tour page, fall in love, get their credit card ready, and then give up and go to your competitor because they can't find your booking button. So when you're working on your website, make sure that you get a pair of fresh eyes on it. Sure, your navigation makes sense to you. You designed it that way. But is it logical for everyone? Find a blunt friend or two and ask them to test drive your site for you. Are they able to easily find everything you want your customers to find? Can they find the same information that they need? Do your tour pages have your call to action in the same place? These are things to think about. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you would add that we could do to make websites intuitive? Right. I mean, in, in terms of like making it intuitive, I think, again, getting feedback from as many people as possible is the best yeah. way to do that. Um, just because everyone looks at things a different way. And right. Like, the bigger like sample size you have, right, mm -hmm. the more like you'll start to see some general observations and that's when you can really start to like take like salt on those, right? That's true because... I think, and I said, it's, it's good to have a blunt friend, someone who is not afraid to tell you this isn't great, but 
maybe they are wrong. I think you're right. You need to get a consensus. Yeah. And I, I think like also in general, like if you're thinking about it from your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say a random person walks up to you and knows, let, okay, let's say they know you have a website, right? And they go, hey, I need to look at this specific tour on your website. How do I get there? Mm -hmm. And in your head, it should be like homepage. It's under this part of the menu, right? Or right. it should be like two to three steps. Okay. And if, it, if, if you find yourself trying to explain some complicated like map yeah. of navigation to get to this one thing on your site, chances are you don't have intuitive navigation. That's true. That is very true because you don't want to go, okay, well first you have to click on the tours and then you have to click on the week tours because it's a week, right? Or did you want the two day? Because if it's the two day, you have to go to too much. So our next design thing that you need is Instagram integration. So before I jump into Instagram here, I have a quick question. Do you know how many uh, people use Instagram every month? The number of monthly active users. Oh man, the number of monthly active users? Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to say half the population of the world. Half the population? I don't, I don't think half the population of the world has access to Wi-Fi. I'm gonna say one billion. One billion. one billion. I feel like you cheated because it is one billion. No, I swear <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, okay, okay. Guess. Question number two then. <laughs> Question number two. I was something. Oh, I can't. I can't be right. <laughs> what percentage of those monthly active users are under the age of thirty-five? Ooh, I'm gonna go with seventy. Seventy-one. Oh, I'm on fire. You are. You are very good. Very good. We'll have to tell the rest of the blog team. They will be very jealous at your trivia <laughs> skills. Okay, so getting into Instagram, uh, one thing you can do is add Instagram integration to your website. So adding this is a total no-brainer. This is a very simple way to keep your website fresh without having to constantly go into the back end and update it yourself. Assuming that you keep your Instagram updated regularly, visitors to your website will see new pictures each time they visit. You'll get the social proof, refreshed photos, and all of the other benefits of Instagram without needing to duplicate your efforts. And as we said, with 1 billion monthly users, you should be using Instagram. That's so a lot of exposure. This Possible is, exposure. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely somewhere that you need to be. And all this is doing is moving it so that it's also on your website. So it can be hugely beneficial for your tourism business. And now you can get everything just very, very synergized to use an, an old buzzword. Um, so what do you think? Like it's a tourism website. It needs pictures, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and aside from pictures, like let's just focus simply on Instagram. It's mm -hmm. like you said, it's a no brainer. The It's become the most dominant social media platform very rapidly. Right. Um, and it is probably going to stay there. And it's just it's again an, another option for for users to kind of interact with you right mm -hmm. on another platform so like obviously they can go to your instagram but now they're on your site looking for a tour right if they really like photos and they really like instagram chances are they see that integration and they'll look at it and then and then maybe they'll find themselves commenting mm -hmm. and that kind of builds up right. uh kind of like an affinity towards towards the company and they're like you know now i really I think I really want to do a tour with these guys. Right, right. And I think there's a lot of people who, who don't book the tour the first time they go to a website. And I think it helps them to feel more confident with the company that they are seeing this 
this Instagram, the, these new photos, it gives them the confidence to know like this company, they are doing things. Maybe the photos on the website are a little bit older, like the, the, the hero image and all of that aren't changing, but you can see that they're posting on Instagram, they are active on social media, they are doing things, they are still in business, people are happy with them. Uh, and it gives you that as well as the opportunity to um, have new photos on your website without needing to email Andrew every day to have them added. And I'm sure he appreciates that he doesn't have that extra work. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, also like, also, like, if you just think about, like, the amount of restaurants, let's say, like, or let's say restaurants, for example, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of restaurants I've passed, and I see, like, they just have, like, oh, we're on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And I join their Instagram. Maybe I don't plan to eat there that day, but I follow their Instagram and I, this has happened to me Like this is a true story. There's, really? a, there's a restaurant here in Santiago where I, I followed their Instagram And I saw like one day they just had this put the sandwich on there and I was like, I need that sandwich It looks really good right? okay. It's along the same lines with the tours like maybe yeah. they don't they don't book your tour right away Like you said, but they right. see on Instagram and and it kind of eventually over time they'll see something they like and i think a lot of people do that too that that aspirational thing like i don't have anything booked to go to iceland i <laughs> don't have the money to go to iceland but i would love to go to iceland so i'm going to follow this is actually a good idea maybe i should follow some things <laughs> but um so then i follow these accounts that show me photos of iceland and uh you know you you remember the good photos and you remember the, the new things and the updated things and that's who you think of when you do have that money and your your scratch off lottery ticket pays out and you can buy your flight. <laughs> Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yeah. Our next feature for your tourism website is social sharing buttons. So you might spend hours pouring over your feeds or maybe you're old school. Uh, but the fact is social media is here to stay and you need to embrace it on your site. Adding social sharing buttons means that your visitors can share your site to their own pages. And as we all know, the key to getting someone to do something is to make it easy for them. These buttons make it so that your visitors can share your website to their social media pages with one click. And it could not be easier without some sort of mind reading device, which I am sure Facebook is already working on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. That that sounds like something Zuckerberg would do. <laughs> yeah, probably. That is that is coming soon. Uh, but until then, we have social sharing buttons. <laughs> Using these buttons and having visitors share your website is going to do two things for you. So number one, anyone who shares this link is going to help your SEO. And we don't know exactly how because Google's algorithm is known only to them, but we know that it incorporates the number of times that content is liked, shared, and viewed. So the more people you have sharing, the better you look to Google and the higher you are in the search results. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a popularity contest here. Or, it is. Yeah, so I mean basically think of it as like a, a typical like high school environment, right? Like mm -hmm. the, person, the person who's talking to the most people is the most popular person. Exactly. Uh, and, and Google loves popular <laughs> and people. And Google loves popular people. Google's like, uh, you know, like a, the one who compiles like a list of celebrities, like who's the best celebrity right now or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. And, and all the sharing goes into that. Would you say that Google is the yearbook editor? Like the most popular, the most likely to succeed? Yes. Yeah. That's a good term for it. That's a good term for it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, okay. So number two, what else is it going to do for you? 
you're going to get more exposure. So friend groups and families tend to travel together or to similar places. So when the time comes to book a vacation, people are going to check out what their friends recommend. I know this because I booked a hostel in Buenos Aires based on my friend sending me a link to a place where he stayed. Yeah, I mean, same same for me. It wasn't a hostel, but me and my friend went to Montreal and we had another friend who was mm -hmm. from Montreal and she was just like, you guys need to check this out, right? And she shared, right. she shared their page uh, and we go from there, right? And it's, it's kind of like you, you trust your friends and family Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like a lot of accounts, like have followers who are friends and family, right? So right. even even if they're not sharing it directly with you, like I'm not directly saying, ah, oh, here, Stephanie, check this out. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it up on my profile, yeah. right? And someone sees that and they think, ah, oh, you know, like Andrew has a good taste in tours. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out if I'm ever in Montreal. When I went to Buenos Aires, I was the last of my friends here to to go. And so, like you were saying, there were a lot of things where they just tagged the location or they tagged the company on social media. So they didn't say, Stephanie, go to this restaurant. Stephanie, go to this tango show. I just knew that that's where they had See. been and they had talked about like, oh, I had such a great time. Like we ate this amazing pizza. I can't eat pizza, but I knew where it was and that it would have been good if I if I could eat it. So it is Bensaide does have really good pizza. I genuinely yeah. don't know. <laughs> I tried to buy pizza. There's a gluten-free place there and I tried to buy pizza, but it was like it's billed as a restaurant, but it's more like a a cafe, I guess. Like you can get mm. dessert things or you can get like frozen pizzas and empanadas. So pizza wasn't really their thing. I just, yeah, they just had it. And I was like, I don't want to buy a frozen pizza. Yeah. Like she said she would cook it for me, but I was like, <laughs> and then I just like sit on the curb and eat it. No, so I just got <laughs> empanadas and it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, but. yeah. You want to go to a place that like does pizza. Exactly, pizza. I agree, I agree. All right, so we have the scrolling booking buttons and calls to action. With this feature, no matter where you are on the page, buttons and calls to action stay with you. So this way, even if your visitor is at the end of the page, these buttons and CTAs are there waiting for someone to book. You never know at what point someone will be ready to book. So maybe they need to see a couple pictures first, Maybe they need to read about your tour in detail. If you're really lucky, they'll do it as soon as they land on the page. But scrolling buttons are there for them every step of the way. And I think this is standard for us, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what we'll do is we'll have this like sidebar, right? On mm -hmm. any of the, the tour pages and that sidebar is gonna stick with them no matter where they go on the page. Right. So like obviously, we have some people are just need to know every single detail, right? And they'll mm -hmm. they'll read the whole page and the button will be there the whole way, right? Yeah. And then some people read like the price, meeting time, and they're like, I'm set. Good enough. And the button will be there for them too. And then the yeah. another thing that we do is is we kind of focus on like mobile optimization, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, most a lot of people look at things from their phones. Especially for this type of website. Especially, yeah. And so what we do there is we just have a banner kind of like across it's well it's a button. Mm -hmm. But it looks like a banner across the bottom of your screen because um, like Airbnb uh, and a few other sites have, have done like tests to see where people look or where mm -hmm. the best place to put CTAs is. Right. And it's on the bottom. So we have just, just ban this banner on the bottom of a mobile screen that yeah. 
No, it makes sense because the size of phones goes up and down. It's like they're getting bigger and then you have these massive like tablet sized phones and then they get really small and then they get bigger again and small. Have you seen the, just, the Palm? No. Oh, they released like literally it was like the size of your palm. It's this super oh. small phone. Well, I mean, I, I went to university in the 2000s, so I, I do remember my friends with like phones that size. But it was, you know, a flip phone, so. Yeah, this was like, it was like touchscreen. You could have all the, it was basically like, imagine like an Apple watch, but like triple in size, right? No. And then have a camera. I was never able to understand that. All right, so our final feature for today is the sticky menu and back to top button. So these are actually two features, but they are similar, so we'll talk about them together. We're living in the age of instant gratification. Whatever we want, we want it now. And if we have to wait, we move on. We've all done it. You close a tab in frustration or you hold it against a company that you can't find what you want on their site. You don't want people to do that to you. You don't want people to move on from you because that means moving on to your competitor. If they do that after just getting lost scrolling down a page, uh, that is obviously a big problem. So the sticky menu and back to top buttons uh, make it so that they are able to quickly get to wherever they want to be. So that is my list of the five gotta have it features for your website. Um, full disclosure, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I wrote this um, a while ago. So is there anything that you would add to get this sort of updated for today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much cover it. And two, two of the things right off the bat uh, are, are photos and testimonials. Like obviously mm -hmm. Instagram, fantastic. Right. But you still have to have good photos on your site. True. Right. Like if, if I'm if I'm on tour, tour operator A and tour operator B and they offer the same exact like let's say a walking tour through the city, same price same time, same, you know, same sites and whatnot, right. right? But one site has one, one photo and this other site has like seven or eight photos in a gallery, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose the one with more gallery or of the more, more images in the gallery because you can see more. Like a lot of people want to know that they're getting value yeah. and this helps them see like, oh, they go to these places. Like this looks good. Whereas if I'm only seeing one image, that's kind of not registering as much. Yeah, and I feel like there's sort of a psychological element to it as well. Uh, and I know that we've touched on this in some of our blog posts. You're going to get the same picture no matter what walking tour you're on. Here in Santiago, if you walk to La Moneda with Company A or Company B, it's still La Moneda. Like, nothing about it changes. And you know that, logically you know that. But if you see like a beautiful, well-framed, sunny day, clear blue sky photo compared to like, oh, we need to get it done, it's smoggy and there's crowds but it's fine photo, you know that it's going to be the same thing regardless. But somehow that nice picture that's is register. like, that's what I want. I want to have that nice view. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sort of your, your monkey brain coming out. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like, it's kind of on the same line as testimonials as well, which mm -hmm. like, if I'm taking a tour again, like I want social proof, right? Right. I want, and like, we're in the age where people don't trust consumer reports anymore, right? Like people, mm -hmm. people want to read what other people are saying. Like they want to hear that like a human, right? Right. And they want to know like, 
what was good about this, what made them not happy was the tour guide a, a nice person. Right. Uh, like, and that's stuff that'll come out through testimonials. And like, I mean, putting testimonials on our sites, I've read, like for example, there's a guy who took a tour and with his grandmother uh, and the tour guide was like extremely like cautious and careful and, and mm -hmm. catered to their needs and, and made it very special for them. And like, if I'm a customer going to a site and I read that, I'm thinking, there's no other choice. Like, this yeah. is the place, right? Yeah. And so testimonials are definitely, I would say, a must-have. Do you think that bad testimonials are okay? Would you ever not go on a tour because of a bad testimonial? Or maybe go on a tour because of a bad testimonial? This is a good question. It depends. Um, I'm very much for tour operators, right? Or mm -hmm. really anyone who can handle a bad testimonial. Yeah. Because chances are, right, a lot of people who leave like one star reviews and, and just are, are super frustrated about something, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of the time, if most of the other reviews are five star reviews, that one bad review usually doesn't yeah. make sense. And if the tour operator responds on that and is like, hey, uh, just so you know, like, we were in a museum, you weren't allowed to shout every every time or something like that. Like, so without being like a total mean person about it, but depending on how well they handle it, it's not an awful thing. But yeah, I mean, if I'm reading, I mostly want to see fantastic things said about the company. And an average rating would help as well. Like 4.8 out of 5 stars on TripAdvisor or... Yeah, yeah. Any awards too. Um, plenty, like TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence is always great to see on a site as well. Yeah. No, I think it's true about the 4.8 being better than a 5 because it just makes it more realistic. If you see a 5, you think, oh, but they don't have that many reviews, right. like, or it's all fake. If I see Having... a high average between a lot of reviews, that's, yeah. that's happy. Yeah, I feel like everyone has an off day sometime. sometime. Could be the weather, too. Could be. Yeah, Could which be. We, we can't control. Yeah. All right. Well, as we said, just uh, get any one of these features or Andrew's two additional features uh, on your site and you are going to see positive results. Trivia time. Which country has the second longest coastline? Well, I know the first longest. That's Chile. why I chose second. Yeah, it is good. not. Is it not? It is not. Right? It is not. Russia should have gone first then. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Second longest. The second longest. Can we know the first? Canada. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, way off. Coastline like a lot think of, along the water. Mm-hmm. I'm saying USA. Um, oh. Australia. Think about Alaska. Okay. Mm. Or Russia? Like Canada. Canada's first. Oh, Greenland. <laughs> Greenland. Oh. Definitely. They're quite big, yeah. aren't they? An interesting choice. Lots of islands. Mm -hmm. Oh, in the Antarctic. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you have to think about that as well, don't you? The Antarctic. Um, the US. US. Brazil. <laughs> That's only on one side. Yeah, I could I'm going to take with Australia. Oh, now I'm going to go Greenland. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. I'll go Australia. Okay. A uh, lot of poor choices. Oh. Greenland is third. Oh. Oh. Second is Indonesia.